we're on a series of lessons called the kingdom of God. Come on, would you say that with me? The kingdom of God. Uh, this is our fifth lesson, and this is the conclusion of it. We're going to kind of go in a new direction next week. Uh, but if you've been with us, and if you haven't been with us, let me just kind of tag a little bit of where we have been. Uh, when we started four weeks ago, we talked about a parable that Jesus said in Mark chapter 4, where Jesus spoke a parable about the kingdom of God. And he said, the kingdom of God is like a man would sow seed into the ground. And so Jesus told us that the power of the kingdom of God is seed. It's seed. It is, and then he explained the parable, that the seed was and is the word of God. That when the seed of the word of God reaches your heart, it's got the power to change your life. But it's got to reach your heart. It's got to stay in your heart because the enemy is trying to come to take the seed or the word out of your heart. That's what that parable tells us, and Jesus explains it to, uh, to us in, in great detail. Then we found over in the book of Romans chapter 14, that there's only two references in the New Testament where somebody other than Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. Jesus spoke about 31 parables of the kingdom of God, individual parables. Peter didn't talk about it. James didn't talk about it. John didn't talk about it, other New Testament writers. But Jude didn't talk about it. But Paul, the apostle Paul, th there's two scriptures that talk about where he mentions the kingdom of God. We looked at one, two, let's see, three weeks ago now, I guess it was, four weeks ago, three weeks ago, uh, about in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, he said the kingdom of God isn't eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So for, for, for three weeks, we looked at those scriptures that the apostle Paul said, here's what the kingdom of God's about. It's not about Old Testament laws and ritual things of cleaning your hands and washing and ceremonial things, do this, don't do that. That has all passed away. But the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ has come to usher in and is bringing to us is about righteousness, right standing with God. It's about peace, peace with God, peace with other people. And last week we found out it's about joy in the Holy Spirit. Come on, look at your neighbor and just say, how's your joy? Come on, how's your joy? The kingdom of God is about joy. So, so there's a great scripture. We kind of read it. We kind of brushed over it a little bit last week, but it just says, rejoice in the Lord always and Again, I say rejoice. So when you're going through life, you just got to keep your joy moving forward, right? Because uh, you're going to have enough things try to sap the joy out of your life, right? No matter what, there's going to be something that's going to try to steal your joy. And so the Apostle Paul, and, and by the way, he's writing the letter to the, the, to the church at Philippi. We call it the, the, the Philippians in our Bible. He's writing this letter while he's in prison, and so while I always get a kick out of that because the brother's in prison, and listen, he's in prison prison. He's not in like happy prison TVs and kind of, you know, hanging out and gaming, you know. He's in prison prison. No three, you know, balanced meals a day, no walking out, no talking. He's in prison prison, and he writes a letter, and he says, hey, want to tell you something. Y'all out there, y'all need to rejoice in the Lord always. So, so listen to me. While you're in prison, you can still be rejoicing. Come on, come to get some feedback this morning. Yeah. So it doesn't make a difference your environment. It makes a difference what's inside you. And so we find ourselves to the conclusion of this, uh, of, of this series, The Kingdom of God, because the Apostle Paul, the same guy who wrote in Romans, also wrote to the church at Corinth. 
uh, he wrote two letters to the Corinthians. And we're going to look at the first letter because he mentions this thing about the kingdom of God one more time. Only two times in the New Testament that anybody outside of Jesus talked about it. So we want to look at this again because this is going to bring, uh, uh, just kind of wrap this whole series up. And I really think it's going to help us this morning. So I'm going to have it in the Amplified Translation, which is a lot of different words. But look on the screen behind me. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 14 through 20, I'm going to read a block of scripture. So it's going to be a lot of words. So just track with me there if you would. He says, I do not write this to shame you, talking to these Corinthian people, Christians now, but I'm writing to warn you and counsel you as my beloved children. After all, he says, though you should have 10,000 teachers and guides to direct you in Christ, yet you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ through the glad tidings of the gospel. Verse 16, so I urge you and implore you, be an imitator of me. For this very cause, I sent to you Timothy. He, he, he's, a, he's another preacher. He's a protege of Paul. He says, he's my beloved and trustworthy child in the Lord. Not his physical child, but a son in the faith, right? He's going to recall to your minds my methods of proceeding and, and the course of my conduct and, and the way of life in Christ, such as I teach everywhere in all the, each of the other churches. In other words, what, what I'm teaching you, Corinth... Corinthian people, I, I've talked to the Ephesians, I've talked to the Romans, I, I, I've talked to these other churches in Galatia, I teach this everywhere. He says, verse 18, some of you have become conceited and arrogant and pretentious, counting on not my coming to you, but I will come to you, and shortly, if the Lord is willing, and then I will perceive and understand not what the talk of these puffed up and arrogant spirits amount to. Now, he's not saying spirits, meaning this, you know, demonic spirit or angelic spirit. He's just calling the person, these people who are coming against his authority, coming against his teaching as these spirits. That's what he just says. I, I, I'm gonna, verse, verse 8, 19, one more time. But I will come to you shortly if the Lord is willing, and then I will perceive and understand not what the talk of these that are puffed up and arrogant spirits amount to, but, but I want to know their force. I want to know the moral power and excellence of soul they really possess. Key on verse 20. For the kingdom of God consists of and is based on not talk, but power, moral power, and the excellence of soul. The Apostle Paul uses, again, as we found in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. And he talks to the Romans about that. And then he writes to the Corinthians and he talks about these people that are coming against his authority as he has planted this church, as he has raised up this, this new generation of Christ God followers in a godless society. Corinth was a godless society. I mean, they had, they had sex, they had prostitutes that would be at the temple, over a thousand, they said, and that was their act of worship. The men would go and commit sex with these prostitutes and worshiping the crazy gods. And so all that that was in the culture was filtering in the church because you do know people live in the culture, and when people live in the culture, it does come into the church. How we think, how we act, how we value, what we don't value, our morals, our immorals, all that. So, so we need to be washed and we need to understand what God says. And so Paul is coming to this church and he says that there's guys coming against my authority and coming against what I've taught you. And, and, and he, he, he tells them that the kingdom of God is not in word, but the kingdom of God is in power. Come on, can you say that with me? The kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. 
And again, Paul was confronting these false teachers. He's coming against false ideology and thought process that's going to rob these people of who they now are in Jesus Christ because they were God followers. They were Christ followers. They submitted to Jesus Christ. But then there was another influx that kept coming into their life. And it's the same way for you and it's the same way for me that we've got to make sure that just because you said yes to Jesus, you keep saying no to culture in the world. Or else the culture of the world will get into your life and will subvert you as we found in our first lesson where there is someone or something trying to steal the seed of the word of God from your heart. That's what we found out with the parable of the sower. And and so this word is very interesting. It's an interesting word. It's one of these four big power words that you find in the New Testament that it's this word dunamis. You know, you know, he tells us again, the kingdom of God didn't come in word, but it came in power. It came in dunamis is the Greek word, and it just simply means dynamite. It means strength. It means ability. It means the power to perform miracles. And so we see it over and over and over with really, we would say, almost... Um, The show of the power, the display of the power, the power to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to cleanse the leper, to cast out demons. This this power that's now made available to every person in the room. But the Apostle Paul here is not using, even though that's in the definition, there's another definition within what this word means. Another description, I should say. So I do not believe that the Apostle Paul is saying the power of the, the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in a display and a manifestation of God's power and his strength and his ability and fire from heaven and the shaking and the rattling. And that's not what he's talking about, because specifically he tells us here in the Amplified the context of who he's coming against and who's coming against him and his teaching, and he explains it. So look on the screen. Let me give you some points today. Hope it helps you. Specifically, this power empowers you to practice what you preach. This power, the kingdom of God is not just coming in word, but it's coming in power. Specifically, this power is empowering you to practice what you preach. And we've all seen people, and I know that you've seen people, and I've seen people, and God forbid that you might be one of these people that, 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 that talk the talk but don't walk the walk. And so if we're the people that talk the talk but don't walk the walk, what we're doing is we're confusing our kids, we're confusing the people we work with, and we're confused ourselves. Because we need to be people that speak the Word of God, live the Word of God, do the Word of God, pray the Word of God, move forward in the Word of God. And when we fall, we get up and we repent like the Word of God says. Come on, everybody. Come on. So just on the screen, some thoughts that we say regularly around here that I think in my heart consistently. You need to import it before you export it. Work it in, then work it out. Work it in secret, then work it out in public. There's got to be this thing in us that we just keep taking the word of God and we keep working it in. We massage our soul. We change the way we think. We say, I'm not going to go that way anymore. I'm not going to do that any longer. And it's not just willpower. It is spirit power. But the apostle Paul says the kingdom of God 
isn't inward, it's in dunamis, it's in dynamite power that will get into the fabric of your soul and will change your life. It'll change how you think, it'll change what you do, it'll change where you go, it'll change where, who you date, who you don't date, it'll change on how you look at things and how you don't look at things, it'll change how you turn things on and turn things off. Come on, there's power to live a godly life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's an internal thing we know. What Apostle Paul is saying, he says, listen, it's not in this where you're just spouting off words. No, there's power to back up your life. There's a power display. There's a showing forth that people can see your life of consistency, your life of discipline, your life of leaving things off, of not getting into gossip and not getting into cursing and not getting into slander and not getting into defamation and not getting into sexual perversion and not getting into running around and whatever else everybody else is doing because you're different. Come on, you're just different. And, 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 and if you're not different, then I'm wondering, have you really given your life to Jesus? Come on, somebody help the preacher up here this morning. Man, wow. So the inner working of God in salvation must result in an outer working of God in lifestyle. So listen to me. All the brothers, all the sisters, all the friends, all the MTV, all the, all the, the stars and all the, and everybody, including you and me. If I'm leaning up in here and I'm saying it, but I'm not displaying it, what I'm saying is false. Do not be deceived. There is growth, absolutely. There's a growth process, 100%. But if somebody keeps saying something year after year and there is no changed lifestyle, you have not been changed. Come on, this is a Matthew. Come on, come on. I, I, come on, I know we're in the summer right now, and this is like a John 6 message where Jesus fed the 5,000 loaves and, and people are uh, clamming around him, and then next thing you know, everybody leaves. So come on, would you come back next week? Come on, I'll, I'll be, I'll be, listen, I promise you, I'll be kind next week. I'll be really kind next week. Come on, I think we got donuts for you today. We knew this was going to be a tough message, and so we got donuts for you after church. Come on, everybody. So listen, the bottom line is that you and I have been given the power of the Word of God that we can live what the Word of God says we can live. We've been given power. This is the power. We've been given power. I just don't want miracle work and power in my life, and I can't stay sexually pure. I just don't want miracle work and power, but, but, but man, I got to get drunk, and I got to take pills, and I got to snort something every night just to deal with life. That's not what he says you need. You need and you can work in your life this power, this kingdom of God power that will change your life, you personally, to live out into a godless society and show this world there is a true and a living God. I'm not him, but I can want to represent him. Perfect? Absolutely not. I'm messed up, but I'm going to tell you when I'm messed up. I'm not going to hide it from you. I'm not, I'm not going to shame you or shame me, but I'm going to tell you I'm righteous before God because the kingdom of God's righteousness. I've been given grace. Come on, everybody. Come on. So the kingdom of God is not about words, but it's about practical power on how, how you, and I, you and I need to live. And so the Apostle Paul here coming in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 to these Corinthians, he's telling them how he lived. 
And he lived, let's go, let's just throw out two big words, character and integrity. He's living and he's saying, man, I was a person of character. I was a person of integrity before you. And what a, what a phenomenal couple of words that we need to just make sure we keep working in our life consistently. Because I don't know about you, but I don't know if I would ever want to run for a public office where they just dig up dirt that you did when you were in second grade. Come on, somebody. But let me tell you, there, there needs to be something in our life that we hold our lives to a higher standard. And we just say, since I've said yes to Jesus, there's just some things that I'm, I, 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 need, to, I need to have in my life. To do. I'm just saying, I'm not going to be doing that any longer. I'm not going to be going there any longer. I'm not going to be thinking that any longer. I'm not going to be entertaining that any longer because I've said yes to Jesus. And I don't want my life to be a stumbling block for somebody else. This is this power that's made available to you and to I. Listen, listen, let this power work in you because it's in you. It's in you. You're not trying to like get it. It's in you. Righteousness is in you. Joy is in you. Peace is in you. You don't got to try to get it. It's in you. Let it work in you. Let it work out of you. This power to live right in a wrong world is in you. But maybe it's so many Christians don't want to live right. We want to live wrong. Help us, God. So Paul would kind of just say and look around. I mean, you know, we live in this society now. We say it regularly. You know it. Uh, I hear people talk about it all the time. This Instagram quick pic, you know, taking pictures, Photoshop, everything, great, greatest angle because we want to look better. We want to look bigger. We want to look badder than everybody else. And so we show everything in perfect light. And Paul would say, Paul would just say, where's the power? Where's the substance? Where's the substance of all that? And he says, man, Corinthians, y'all seen my life. Y'all know my lifestyle. He says, he says this. He says, you know, you know, I became a father to you. I became a father to you. I lived among you. He says, you saw everything in my life. You know what? You can fool everybody, but you can't fool your family. And there's a problem in the church in generations past, but praise the Lord, I believe it's not up in here in Spectrum Church, that people would, that the kids would get freaked out and the kids would leave God because who mama and daddy is in church, they ain't that way at the house. There's throwing stuff, there's cursing, there's kicking, there's grabbing hair, there's all kind of stuff. There's not paying bills, there's bill collectors, there's drugs, there's alcohol, there's stuff on the TV. When a person comes to knock at the door, the pastor or somebody, a home group leader, just checking, saying, how you doing? They're shuffling, they're hiding movies, because, come on, somebody. Ooh, we got quiet up in here today. Man, I ain't coming to your house. It's all right. I ain't coming to your house. But Paul says this, Paul says, you've seen my methods. I'm not controlling anybody like these false teachers. He said, you've seen my course, you've seen my direction, you've seen where I've been. I got a track record. I got a track record. Those brothers don't got a track record. He said, I've been a father to you, not just a friend. Listen, you don't need a friend, you need a father. You got some friends, but you need a father. You need a father in faith. And would to God that I'd be a little bit of that role for you. But you need to have somebody you look to and say, I got a father of faith. I, I can follow them. Paul says this, imitate me. Can you say that? Could you say, could you say that to your kids? Imitate me how I love Jesus. Hey, children. Hey, boy. Hey, son. Hey, daughter. Imitate dad the way dad prays. Could you say that? Mom. Hey, daughters. Imitate me. Imitate how I love daddy. 
Imitate me. Could you say that to the people you work with? Imitate me how I work. Imitate me how I show up early, how I stay late. And if we can't, we're missing it to a great, great degree because there's power in your life available to you to, for you to have that in your life and to display and show that in your life. Wow, amen, amen. That's all right, that's all right. So again, look on the screen real quick. In this scripture, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul talks about this power, and he says this, the kingdom of God in daily living is power. Here's the question, but what kind of power? What kind of power? What kind of power? He says these two things in the Amplified. He says it's moral power to act in a good, honest, and fair manner. You have been given power, and he says it's moral power. And moral power is power to live in an honest, a good, honest, and a fair manner. And he said you've also, in the Amplified Bible, it brings us out, an excellence of soul. Excellence of soul meaning a life lived under the Holy Spirit's influence. He says the kingdom of God is not in word, but it's in power. And the Amplified, again, it brings out what kind of power? Moral power and excellence of soul. Moral power so that you can live a good and honest, a fair manner with your family, with your friends at the workplace. And that you could live with excellence of soul. That you could be a life that's yielded and submitted to the direction and the influence of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit in your life. And again, this is this word, dunamis. This is this word, strength and ability. You have been given strength and ability to do this. So don't get freaked out sitting in your church this morning going, Dear God, I can't do this. Yes, you can if you'll yield to the one who's on the inside of you. Yeah. So if a person has said yes to Jesus and says, I am now a Christian, there's a standard that is preset for you already. It's not talking. <laughs> it's walking. Your and my life is a walking, living billboard. Billboard for everybody to see. And again, just by way of reminder, I said it once, I want to say it again. We're not talking, not perfection. Look, not perfection, but active participation. You yield to the will of God inside you. Not perfection. No one's perfect. That's not our standard. We're never going to achieve that. But participation. I'm saying yes. I said yes to Jesus. Then now I've got to say yes to doing something with this life. I'm saying yes that now I want you in my life. And he says, good. Now I want to be in your life to show everybody else who I am. Let your life be a walking, living, breathing, speaking, talking billboard of my goodness and my power and my grace. I want your life to be a demonstration of who I really am. That's too high of a standard. That's the call for every Christian. That's the call. When you say yes to Jesus... He makes you a son and a daughter, a child of God, and he now empowers you with moral power and excellence of soul to live a life that's holy and pure and clean and righteous and full of peace and full of joy like we read before, where the Word of God's working in you and we're all on a, we're on a progressing to a different level, some quicker, some slower, some you know longer, some just shorter, you've just gotten going, but we're all moving. So we're not measuring ourselves by one another, we're measuring ourselves 
ourselves by where we're at and with the word and the power of God in our life because we want to show people. I don't want to be a stumbling block. I don't want, to, I, I don't want my life to crumble and, and crash and burn. And, and other people are looking at me saying, yeah, you know, because of you, uh, the, that God can't be real. And we all know everybody that, that, that has, has issues and has things. And we're all in the same boat. We all have issues. Come on, somebody. But it's about living real before people, living honest, living pure according to the standard of the word of God. So Jesus says this. Jesus says, you're the salt, you're the light of the earth. He says, you're the light of the world. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 16, check it out. He says, let your good deeds shine for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly father. Let your good deeds. So, so listen, he just says, if you're going to be salt, quit blending in. When salt hits something, it changes it. Well, quit hiding, Jesus says. You're light. You can't hide light. You, you can't hide light. You and I are called to change everything we come in contact with. Not to blend in, not to just, not, not to just agree and casually shake our head. We're called to change. So, so the Apostle Paul, he says in a couple different places in, in his writings, he says that your life and your lifestyle should be honest, should be sincere, should be blameless. So this affects my sexuality. This affects my singleness. This affects my marriage. This affects my child training. This affects how I work. This affects my social life. This moral power, this excellence of soul is infiltrated in the fabric of every single thing I do. I can't live dual life. I can't live a hypocrite. I can't, I can't be two-faced. I can't be one way on Sunday and another way on Monday. I got to be all in if he is going to have impact in my life. Come on, somebody help me. Amen, everybody? Now, I mean, I'm not going to preach real long this morning because I know, I know, God, this is, man, it's like getting hit in the mouth on a Sunday morning. I know, man, you guys woke up coming to church and, but, 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 but man, we want, I want this power. I want this power working in my life. I, I, I want, I want somebody to be, I, listen, I, I've been married 35 years. I want to be married another 35 in Jesus name. And, and it, it, I, I, I've never, I, I've, I've never known anybody sexy besides my wife. I've had a couple of close calls before Christ. Hey, we're telling the truth up here. A couple of close calls. But I'm not planning on falling. I'm not, but, so listen, I'm asking you to pray for me as I'm praying for you. Okay? But I'm just saying, I, I, want, I want this moral power to keep me from her or from him or from stealing that or from doing that or shady business deals. I, I want it. And if I want it, God says, I'm going to give it to you. Amen. Yield to that dunamis. Yield to that dynamite. Yield to that strength. Yield to that ability that's going to allow you to do and be who I've called you to be. And if you fall in an area, any, any, any area, there's grace to get you back up again and get running again. Come on, everybody. That's the good news of the gospel. You're not disqualified. Just come on, get running again. Come on, let's, let's, read, let's read another, another passage. Titus chapter 1, excuse me, Titus chapter 2. Paul is writing to Titus. Titus is a pastor. So check out what Paul says to Pastor Titus. He says, as for you, Titus, promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. Okay, hang on. Wholesome teaching. Teach the older men to, to exercise self-control. Be worthy of respect. Hey, older men, live wisely. They must have sound faith, be filled with love and patience. That doesn't sound like a whole lot of men, does it? 
He says, similarly, teach the older women to live in a way that honors God. They must not slander others, gossipers, or be heavy drinkers. Come on, ladies, put the, put the booze down. <laughs> it's interesting. Paul tells Titus, hey, the guys, the guys are drinking. The lady, put that booze down. Come on. Nah. Instead, they should teach others what's good. Look at this verse 4. These older women must train the younger women to love their husbands and children. The older women teaching and training the younger women. The older men teaching and training the younger men. He says, you, you, you teach them and train, verse 5, to live wisely and pure, to work in their homes, to do good, to be submissive to their husbands. Wow, why? Because we, we, we want excellence of soul. We want moral power working in the house. Look at this now. Then, then, these women, when they do teaching and, and living their lives and husbands doing their thing, he says, then they will not bring shame on the word of God. Not bring shame on the word of God. And these are different translations here. Check it out. The word of God won't be ridiculed. The word of God won't be dishonored. The word of God won't, br won't bring disgrace. You won't bring disgrace to it. You won't, they won't, nobody will be able to criticize the word of God. No one will be able to discredit the word of God. Listen, because of you or me. Because of you or me. In the same way, encourage young men to live wisely, self-controlled, taking life serious. My, my, my. I read this and I go, dear God, where, where we have been, man? Where's the church been? Where have we been? Who, who's preaching this? I'll tell you who's preaching this. Pastor Gary up in here and, and June 23rd. Come on. So, so, so let's get this working. Not just, listen, not just signs and wonders and miracles. Yeah, we got to contend for the supernatural. Yeah, I want to see the dead raised. Yeah, I want to see, see cancer instantly healed. But maybe this is what we're missing. Some more of the power can flow through us. Maybe the pipes are so corrupt that pure water can't flow through. Maybe there's so much drama and junk going on in our life that the pure, unadulterated power of God can't flow through me. So I'm saying, that power and that stuff is as God anoints and as he gives. But this is who I need to be. I need to work on me and you need to work on you. Come on, somebody help me just say amen up in here. Amen. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12, Paul says this. Another scripture. Work out. Cultivate. Come on, keep plowing up. Keep plowing. Cultivate. Carry out to the goal and fully complete your own salvation. In other words, just because you got saved doesn't mean it's over. Come on, just because you got saved doesn't mean it's over. So work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation with reverence, with awe, and with trembling. Listen to that. Reverence, awe, holy fear, and trembling. Let it be with self-distrust. You cannot trust yourself. Yourself will lie to you. It will lie to you with self-distrust, with serious caution, with tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation. Look at this. Timidly shrinking from whatever might offend God and discredit the name of Jesus Christ. Look what he says there. He just simply tells us, guys, guys, this power, this moral power, this excellence of soul, 
is something that you just keep working. It's not a one and done. I got saved. I said yes to Jesus, you know, five years ago, five minutes ago, 50 years ago, and now it's over. It's done. No, 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 no. You keep working out your salvation. You keep cultivating. You keep, you keep carrying out to the goal. You, you, you fully complete this. You, you have awe. You have trembling. You have self-distrust. You have reverence of God working in life because there's moral power and excellence of soul available to you to show to a lost and dying world that I am alive, that I am real, that I am Lord, and I redeem, and I save, and I heal. And, and if there's drama in your life, I'm going to get you out of drama. Let everybody know that I'm here to renew and revive and restore restore and save lives, but let your life be full of salt. Let your life be a light to a dark world. Come on, church. 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 First Corinthians 9. Come on. We're, we're, we're almost done here. First, first Corinthians 9, verse 27. I love this. First Corinthians 9, 27. But like a boxer... Paul says, I buffet my body. Now, come on, I know you've been reading this for a long time. I buffet my body. I know you've been reading it. You've been reading it wrong. Come on, you've just been reading it wrong. Come on, here just to bring out the Greek, it means quit eating. No, I'm just saying, you've been buffeting. Come on, you need to buffet it, right? But like a boxer, I buffet my body. Look at this. I handle it roughly. When's the last time you slapped yourself around? I handle it roughly. I'm not talking about, you know, physical abuse to yourself or whatever. He's not talking about that. And he's not, you know, religion does all kind of crazy stuff in trying to work your way to God. But he says there's, the, the, there's, there's got to be something in you that you just don't let your body get away with stuff. You just say no. You don't let your mind get away with stuff. You just say no. I'm not going to do that. I'm not going that way. I'm not thinking that. I'm not going to entertain that. <laughs> That's my husband. I'm, I'm married to him. That's my wife. I, I, I'm committed to her. You made me a man, so I'm going to be a man. You made me a woman, so I'm going to be a woman. Come on. I, I'm, not, I'm not concerned with it. I'm, I'm not doing that. I want to make it to the finish line. I'm going to buffet my body. I'm going to make it my slave, he says. I'm going to subdue it. I'm, I'm going to subdue my body. Me, the spirit man. Come on, I am a spirit. I have a soul, mind, will, emotions, intellect, and I have a body. I, my spirit man, I'm going to subdue this shell. I'm going to subdue this shell. The kids on Friday night, they sent me some videos. It was hilarious. They're right here in the grass, and uh, 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 they're, they're putting up the tent. And I was a youth pastor for two and a half years, and we'd go camping, and Jesus, I, I still don't know how to put up a tent. God bless you. God bless you, camp people. I mean, they had poles and they had something. And one of the kids was doing, doing, doing video and said, Lord, send help. <laughs> we, we got a problem with the tent. I got a problem with the tent. Help me keep the tent right. Help me keep it right. Help me keep it right. So he says, like a boxer, I buffet my body, I handle it roughly, I discipline it by hardships, I subdue it. Check it out. This hurts me. This is fearful. For fear that after proclaiming to others the gospel and the things pertaining to it, I myself 
should become unfit. That I wouldn't stand the test. That I'd be unapproved. I'd be, I'd be rejected as a counterfeit. Not the message, but the messenger. I'd be unapproved. You know, most people, they haven't got a problem with Jesus. They just got a problem with Jesus' representatives. And I believe this is the missing ingredient. If we'll allow the kingdom of God, which isn't in word, isn't just in word, noise, but it's in power, moral power, excellence of soul. I really believe this is going to be an ingredient that we in the years of our life, ever how many we've got left, we'll be able to show this is what it means to be a husband and a wife, mom and a dad. This is what it means to raise kids. This is what it means to be a good worker. This is what it means in a church setting on how to love one another. I really think there's a case study, just real quick in closing. There's a case study, I think, in the Old Testament in a book called Ruth. It's got four chapters. It's, a, it's an amazing book. In fact, maybe you've never read it. Why don't you read it this week? It'll take you, literally, it'll take you less than 20 minutes to read this whole book. Four chapters. Four chapters. The book of Ruth begins with famine, death, and just total loss. Ruth married into a family where all the men died. Her father-in-law died. Her brother-in-law died. And her husband died. And her mother-in-law, Naomi, who's a Moabitess, or excuse me, Naomi was, was a Jew. Ruth was a Moabitess, not, not with the family of God, not, not connected with the Jewish race. Naomi released Ruth to say, just, just go back to your people. Go back to your people. And, and one of the, the other daughter-in-law left, and she, was, she just she tracked back home. But even though Ruth was not of Jewish descent, uh, uh, she followed Naomi back to Israel. And the scripture says this. You, you might have heard this before. It says in Ruth 1, Ruth replies, don't, don't ask me to leave you, Naomi, and turn back. Wherever you go, I'm going to go. Where, where you live, I'm going to live. Your people are going to be my people. Your God's going to be my God. Wherever you die, I'm going to die. And there I'm going to be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate me. Separate me from you. I, I, there, there's something here, guys, that... that she should have gone back to her own people. She should have just checked out and did her own thing. But I really believe that Ruth had moral power, moral power and excellence of soul to do a couple things, to stay connected, stay connected, stay committed, and just, just to stay consistent. I think in so many of our lives, we just disconnect and we, we disconnect from God. We disconnect from one another. We disconnect from the presence of God. And we just lose commitment and we're just not consistent. But Ruth just says, man, Naomi, where you go, I'm going to go. Your God's going to be my God. I, I don't know your God really yet, but your God's going to be my God. Where you're buried, I'm going to be buried. Hey, <laughs> I ain't leaving you. I'm just not leaving you. Moral power, excellence of soul. I really believe this is, this is what we do, guys. This is who we are as we serve one another with our gifts, talents, and abilities. This is what we do as dads. And you lay down your life and you honor husbands and you honor your wife and as a weaker vessel, like Peter said, not that your wife is weaker, just, just, just as someone that, that, that maybe is not as strong, maybe that's going through difficulties, I'm going to help you. I'm going to be there for you. I'm, I, I love you. 
as moms and dads, and we teach and train our kids, this moral power, this excellence of soul at our jobs. Man, at our jobs. Just again, that we're, 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 we're helping the company. We're not, we're not stealing from the company. We're not stealing time. We're not stealing stuff. Man, and our, our friends, and our friends, no matter for you. Well, I mean, I got unsafe friends. I hope you got unsafe friends. Unsafe friends that know you call me, I'm there for you. You call me. You call, I'll be there for you. I, I, I don't want nothing from you. I hope, you, I hope I'm showing you Jesus, but I'm going to be there for you. Excellence of soul. Crazy story when you read that whole chapter, you know, four chapters of Ruth. There's a dude named Boaz who would later become Ruth's husband and married Ruth. And when he saw what she was doing for Naomi, here's what the Bible records that Boaz said, hey, Ruth, the Lord is going to repay you and a full reward is going to be given you. Goes on to say this. He said, everybody in the city has seen what you've done for Naomi. Ruth, you're the talk of the town. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. Moral power and excellence of soul. They wound up getting married, and they wound up having children. That Here's a woman who wasn't even the lineage of the Jewish race, comes back and marries Boaz, and she's the great-grandmother of King David. Crazy story of just moral power. I ain't going nowhere. Hey, baby, I ain't checking out you. Wife, husband, I'm not checking out on you. Hey, friend, everybody's quitting on you. I ain't quitting on you. Yeah, you're at this right now. Yeah, no, no, but not me. No, I'm not quitting on you. I'm going to be there with you because I've got moral power and excellence of soul. I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to worship God. I'm going to serve when, when I feel good and when I don't feel so good. I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve kids. I'm going to do my thing because I've got moral power and excellence of soul. The kingdom of God is not just in word. It's in power. To live right, to live holy, to live just, to live blameless in a crazy and a dark society. Come on. I pray that everybody around you gets to just watch your life and just say, something's different about them. Come on, everybody. Can you say amen, everybody? Come on, lift a hand to the Lord. Would you do that this morning? Everybody, just lift a hand one more time. Father, we're just saying to everybody in the room, including me, help me. Come on, help me. Can you just pray that great prayer? Help me. Help me. Help me live pure. Help me live righteous. Help me live moral in an immoral society and in an immoral world. Help me make it to the finish line and see you and know you and do what you've called me to do, oh God. I pray in the name of Jesus that we would not bring offense to the name of Jesus Christ. That we would stand in awe and reverence and honor. That we would distrust ourselves, And we would honor you today in Jesus' name. Come on, bow your head, close your eyes, go ahead and put your hands down. Come on, just give everyone the right to privacy the next couple seconds here. Probably the most holy time in the service. You've worshiped well. You've listened to the word of God, a tough word, but you listened well. We're going to apply it to our life. But here right now, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the most important thing you can do right now is just to say yes and surrender. You've been struggling. You've been battling. You've been going back and forth. Maybe you've said yes before, but 
again, from a message like this today, you're just sensing, I need to say yes again, again. It's all over the room. What we're going to do is I'm just going to count to three. And if you're just saying, I need need Jesus, I I need to say yes again. I need to recommit my life again. I'm not playing games. I, I, I'm not perfect. We, we know you and me are not perfect. But you're just saying, I need that power. I want to say yes. I want to say yes. I want to surrender again today.